In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. St. Mark begins his account of Jesus' feeding of the 5,000 immediately after the story of St. John the Baptist's execution. He places these stories next to one another deliberately. He wants his readers to see the stark difference between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God. Recall the story of St. John's execution. King Herod held a grand banquet in celebration of his own birthday. His guests were selected on the basis of their social status and included lords, high captains, and the chief estate holders in Galilee. It was a banquet where old grudges surfaced, where a grown woman compels her young daughter to ask for a man's severed head on a plate and a timid, corrupt king, full of inner conflict, carries out the gruesome execution of an innocent man so as not to look weak in front of his guests. Herod's banquet is a morass of competing and hidden motives. St. Mark sharply contrasts Herod's corrupt celebration of death with Jesus's life-giving banquet on the green grass. He makes it abundantly clear that Christ's kingdom is not of this world, though it is in it. Jesus isn't full of inner turmoil as he looks upon his many guests. He is unified, uncomplicated, and full of self-giving love. He perceives their deepest needs and seeks to satisfy their hunger. St. Mark's comparison illustrates the beautiful simplicity of God's kingdom. It also reveals the difference between those who heed the invitation to Christ's banquet and those who don't. St. Ambrose observes that the bread of life is valued most not by those encompassed with the honors of the world, like those in Herod's court, but is most cherished by those who seek Christ in a desert place. A desert place is a place of wanting and need, of hunger and thirst. Those who feasted with Christ in the wilderness have a great deal to teach us about the Christian life. They teach us how spiritual hunger sharpens our ability to heed Christ's first command to all Christians, to follow me. We read that when the people saw Jesus and his disciples departing in a boat, they ran so quickly after him that they arrived even before Jesus at the destination. 
We have to imagine these people leaving their homes without preparation to follow Christ into the wilderness. They dropped everything to pursue him. The 5,000 embody Christ's command to take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Others have noticed the strong faith of those who feasted with Christ that evening. The ancient Christian poet Prudentius writes, Five loaves and fishes too, he orders placed as food before the people thronging round their master. By their hunger undeterred, who mindful not of food, forgot their towns, their forts, their markets, hamlets, trading posts, and cities, glad to feed upon his words. Christ tells us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The 5,000 exemplify this. They do not ask for food. They aren't restless because of their hunger. It's Jesus' disciples that come to him and urge him to send the people to the surrounding towns to get food. The 5,000 are so moved by Christ's teaching that they forget their pressing bodily needs. It's as if they have realized the hour is never late when you're with the true light of the world. We should note that Jesus' compassion for the crowds doesn't immediately lead him to address their physical hunger. When he was moved with compassion, we read, he taught them many things. Jesus knew their deeper needs. They needed to be healed, transformed, and restored by his word. After Christ concludes his teaching, he commands his disciples to have the people recline in the green grass in companies of hundreds and fifties. He is bringing order to his scattered sheep. As they reclined on the grass, Psalm 23 may have crossed the minds of some. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Thou preparest a table before me. My cup runneth over. Others may have remembered God feeding their forefathers with manna in the desert. With the crowd seated, Jesus takes a small amount of bread offered to him by his disciples. He looks up to his heavenly Father, blesses the bread, breaks it, and distributes it among his disciples, as he would later do at the Last Supper and again at Emmaus. The disciples take the blessed bread and fish and feed the thousands on the grass. The small amount of bread and fish miraculously becomes much more than it was. The crowds feast on this miraculous bread until they can eat no more. As we learn in C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, God is a hedonist at heart. 
He has filled his world full of pleasures. It's no coincidence that Jesus continually uses a banquet to describe the kingdom of God. He is a hedonist at heart. None of the gospel accounts tell us exactly when the miracle occurred, but are adamant that it did occur, and there were 12 baskets of leftovers to prove it. This clearly wasn't an ordinary meal. I once heard a seminarian teaching a Sunday school class on this passage. He told the young students that the miracle that occurred that day was not the multiplication of loaves. The miracle, he said, was that the 5,000 shared the food they had brought. It was a disappointing interpretation in that none of what he actually said was in Scripture, and because sharing clearly isn't a miracle. It can be tempting to explain away Christianity's miracles. But as Lewis reminds us, a naturalistic Christianity void of miracles leaves out all that is specifically Christian. Saint Ephraim the Syrian offers a more biblical account of what occurred that evening. He writes that when our Lord took a little bread, he multiplied it in the twinkling of an eye, that which people transform through ten months of toil, his ten fingers created in an instant. For he placed his hands beneath the bread as though it were earth, and spoke over it as though thunder. The murmur of his lips sprinkled over it like rain, and the breath of his mouth was there in place of the sun. Thus he completed in the flash of one tiny moment something which requires a whole lengthy hour. One tiny amount of bread was forgotten, and from the midst of its smallness, abundance came. We come here this morning having left our homes and the cares of the world, hungry for Christ's abundance, for God's abundance hungry for his word and his sacraments. As Jesus perceives the deepest need of the 5,000, so he looks on us with compassion and perceives our deepest need. And our deepest need is communion with him. And that is the very thing we get, what he gives us in the Eucharist, holy communion with him and with each other. Until we feed on him, we will always be hungry. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and who believes in me shall never thirst. Let us grow in hunger for Christ, so that we may seek him, unceasingly praying the words of the disciples, Lord, give us this bread always. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.